Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. 91.3 FM Studio, this is the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum. It's 10.45 and uh, we proceed with our tribute to uh, my next son Hendricks. Uh, and uh, in a short moment we will be joined by, I think, uh, uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriels. I'm joined in studio by Tasneem Adams, news editor uh, for VSC. Uh, Tasneem, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Fasih and to the listeners this evening. Yeah, certainly very, very sad news. Uh, very unexpected. Uh, didn't think that, you know, We'd, we'd see this day so very soon and uh, we make to Adit Almighty grant uh, Malinak Sanjana Tulfidos inshallah and put uh, Nurin Iskabur and grant the family solace during this uh, very very sad time um, you know for the next few minutes we actually just want to be paying tribute to Malinak San who was certainly uh, a stalwart of this community uh, an icon of the Palestinian resistance movement and uh, we are hoping to link up with some of these very dear uh, close friends and colleagues and I believe on the line we've got Sheikh uh, Ibrahim Gabriels, of course, no stranger to the listeners of Voice of the Cape. Sheikh Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa taslim and to all the dear listeners of the Voice of the Cape. Um, Sheikh, um, yes, obviously very, very heartbreaking news this evening, of course, as a very close friend and colleague of Malina Ihsan, uh, perhaps just uh, share a few words with us. Yeah, Tasneem, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, the word sad is maybe uh, an understatement I mean, I, I can share with you and with the listeners, uh, when I heard the news tonight, I was bursting out of tears because, mm-hmm. yeah, Molina was so close to my heart. Allahu Akbar. And uh, <laughs> just last week, he asked me to come and meet him at the, at, the, at the hospital. And he was holding my hand and he said to me, Sheikh, I just want to confirm with you that I love you for the sake of Allah. Uh, subhanallah. So, uh, it's a great loss for us. And in fact, in that meeting, he said to me, Sheikh, I, I don't, we call him Sheikh Al-Aqsa mm-hmm. of, of South Africa. And he said to me, Sheikh, I don't like that name because I am not Sheikh Al-Aqsa. I just do my duty for Palestine, Allah. So such humility, Allah Akbar. So, uh, and, and besides, uh, you know, his sacrifice and all his efforts and his, his fearless words for Palestine, for Mazal Aqsa, he was also a great leader of, of the people of South Africa. He was highly respected. He was a great leader of the Muslim Judicial Council. He served as a president for, for 10 years. And, and uh, when I was president, he was my deputy. Mm-hmm. And Molana was such a great leader and such a humble leader. He says that, that um, I, I learned my, my leadership from Sheikh Ibrahim. And it's not actually true, but, but that is what type of person Molana Ihsan was. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, uh, Tasneem, I'm, I'm still with, uh, full of tears because uh, uh, we have lost a great leader, Allah Akbar. Mawlana mm-hmm. Ihsan was so dear to all of us. And uh, may Allah SWT grant us, as we've been so close in this world, Allah grant us to be close in Akhir and Jannah. May Allah grant him the highest place in Jannah. Amin, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Amin. Uh, Sheikh, now obviously the two of you share a very special bond in terms of your, your passion for the Palestinian cause. Uh, uh, perhaps can you tell us where did that passion come from when it came to Molina and, you know, this fervent uh, um, attitude that he had towards the Palestinian issue. Where did that stem from and, and what was that impact? Impact. What kind of impact did that leave on you? Yeah, I think that I think that's a very, very important and a crucial question. Uh, it started off right at the beginning when my servant Molana son joined the MGC about 30 years ago, and the two of us we we just clicked when it came to the Palestinian issue. Mm-hmm. And since right from the beginning, we were doing things together for Palestine, taking initiatives. For example, the Thursday program that we have now for the 14 years. It was started by myself and Molan Ehsan that we fast every Thursday mm-hmm. and we take that Palestinian program to all the masajid in Cape Town. And uh, subhanAllah, and, and that program is still alive up till today. So, um, uh, in fact, uh, you know, it, it was not long and we received so many calls from, from so many people of Palestine. Just uh, 15 minutes ago, Sheikh uh, Saleh from, from Jerusalem phone and he said that he's going to ask the Imam tomorrow morning after Fajr to make Salatul Janazah in Majl Aqsa for Mawlana Ihsan. SubhanAllah. So Alhamdulillah, Mawlana is highly respected right around the world mm-hmm. and especially for the effort that he has made. He will be 
you will be you will be remembered by the people of Palestine for all his efforts and sacrifices he made for Palestine for Masjid Aqsa and in Europe. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, uh, impact did he have on uh, local Sri Yukon scholars? Of course, there's a lot of young uh, scholars that have looked up to him and he'd mentored many young people. What sort of impact did he have on, on their lives? Yeah, um, Tasneem Maulana Hassan, as I said earlier, was the, was the deputy president of the NGC and then he became the president. And he had a great impact on, 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 on everybody, all the other imams, all the colleagues, and especially the young uh, ulama. They looked up to him. Maulana Hassan was uh, you know, ever embracing to, 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 to everybody. As you know, that is the legacy of the NGC. We, we, any person, we, wherever you come from, any type of institution around the world, you are almost always welcome at the NGC. And Maulana Hassan, as you've said, and the question is, he did make a great impact on everybody. He's age older than him, and especially the young ulama, alhamdulillah. Uh-huh. And he had, he had a great passion. Maulana, from, right from the beginning, he was always concerned about the youth, and he worked amongst the youth, and so many youth came to his house. We just spoke now. Uh, we were standing inside the house, and we, 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 we said that if this house can only speak, Oh. Yeah, salam. It, yeah, subhanallah. Uh-huh. So, Tasneem, uh, we, we thank Voice of the Cape for linking up with us. And uh, inshallah, we, 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 we're sure that tomorrow, again, we will have pay more tributes. And so many other people will pay tributes to, to a great leader that we've lost. He will always be remembered in Cape Town, in South Africa. And he will be fondly remembered by the NGC that he was, alhamdulillah, one of the great presidents and leaders of the NGC, alhamdulillah, and the Muslim community. Alhamdulillah. Shukran so much for sharing those words. I know I mean, it's very difficult to speak so soon after hearing about someone, uh, someone's death, someone that close to you. So we appreciate your time, Sheikh, um, and hopefully we can get you on again to chat a bit more in detail tomorrow, inshallah. inshallah. Shukran to you. I appreciate it. Well, for the next few minutes, we're hoping to link up with Sheikh uh, Ahmed Sadiq, the chairperson of uh, the Voice of the Cape's uh, Board of Trust, and uh, we are struggling at the moment. Uh, but for Sikh, uh, maybe from your perspective, I mean, you've done many interviews with Molina as part of the um, Palestine, uh, focus on Palestine over the years, and, uh, you know, it's certainly a voice that had become synonymous with that particular program. I mean, you know, have, having to reflect on on, on all those conversations, how does that make you feel? I think one of the key things to name is that uh, Manakhsan was very much uh, he, 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 he pressed on the issue of uh, the phrase Al-Aqsa fil Khatr, mm. Al-Aqsa is in danger and impressing that in people's minds, the immediate danger that Al-Aqsa is in due to the excavation, due to you know the ongoing encroachment on the building uh, uh, on the compound of Al-Aqsa and uh, one of the things that I think was key you know, in all of the programs is that um, and I mentioned this earlier on when we alluded to what we would be doing for the next uh, you know, hour or so, is that uh, Monek San uh, uh, he, he indicated and he, he, he established this idea that um, we need to look at the history going back beyond 1948 to understand, you know, uh, even as far as 1917, the Balfour Declaration, what impact that had on the Palestinians. And I think that, you know, uh, within the, you know, within Cape Town, within South Africa, I don't think there was, you know, anyone who had this amount of depth and amount of, you know, n- amount of, should I say, he was, he was in a sense a, a wealth of knowledge around, you know, the history of Palestine, these little known bits of information that you won't see in mainstream media. And and I think it's a great loss for the Cape Muslim community and for the Palestinian cause as a whole. Uh, as someone who was constantly highlighting and giving us, you know, that information that you won't find in mainstream media, someone who was loaded not only in Cape Town but also amongst the Palestinian people, uh, having had the opportunity to address, you know, thousands and thousands of Palestinians at one of the, you know, greatest gatherings um, of, of Palestinians, uh, you know, one of the greatest rallies uh, some years ago, and I recall uh, seeing. A video of uh, Manek San, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, all those years ago doing that address. And I think that, you know, today, if we reflect upon that, um, a great, really great loss in the personality, uh, the likes of Manek San also back home uh, here in Cape Town, uh, being the president for uh, for 10 years and, and, and the impact that he had on this community, uh, I think that uh, under his tenure, so many things that we've seen, had seen, you know, develop uh, uh, under his guise and that are still established today. Mm. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, uh, 
Wow, I think uh, Molina was, you know, unapologetic about his position on the Palestinian-Israeli issue. Um, and I think that's what I've always admired about him. You know, he always stuck to his guns and um, he, he always took an uncompromising position, was able to take on anybody when it came to um, the facts and the reality on the ground. And I think I've always found that truly admirable in the way he would take on, uh, you know, some of the um, uh, Zionist organizations that we've had on air and um, you know, as a journalist, it sort of left me in awe in terms of his knowledge and his history and uh, the narrative that he understood and, and that many people don't understand. So with his passing, we're certainly losing a wealth of knowledge on the Palestinian issue. And I think, um, you know, that's certainly very sad. And I recall also in our programs, he would constantly remind me and ensure that we stated 1948 occupied Palestine as the reference point. Mm. Um, because, uh, and I think, you know, reflecting on it now it's easy for one you know to to uh, take a statement and uh, you know just slightly change it and slightly change it before you know it it means something completely different so uh, from one extent impress upon us so that we never move away from the fact that this land was occupied from 1948 and uh, because with you know the most recent reports uh, the, the information has been juggled and you know the boundaries have been have been changed you know in 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 the most recent you know rev- revision of history so it was always important for Monarch Sun to, to, to impress upon that and also the importance, like we said, of the 1914 uh, you know, Balfour de- Declaration and how that impacted mm-hmm. upon Palestinian life. Uh, and so I think, you know, um, today uh, we take, we, we'd, uh, you know, uh, do well to take heed of this. And I think there was, there was a call at one point also that Monarch Sun had made that, uh, you know, this kind of history needs to be taught in our madaris and our madrasas and our schools, uh, you know, particularly the Muslim schools, so that we never lose sight of what has happened and continues to happen in Palestine. Mm-hmm. On that note, Fasih, I believe we've got uh, former U.S. Ambassador Ibrahim Rasul uh, from the African National Congress on the line. Uh, former Ambassador Ibrahim, assalamu alaikum. Shukran so much for joining us. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah taslim and to all the listeners, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. proves that of Allah we come and to Allah we are returning. And we give thanks to Allah for the life of Molina Ihsan Hendricks, who has been an outstanding product of not only Cape Town, the Western Cape and South Africa, but certainly a citizen of the world with enormous depth, with enormous commitment and great contribution. Mm -hmm. This is a sad night indeed, and may Allah comfort us in this time of deprivation. I mean, shukran so, uh, shukran so much for those, those words, um, Ambassador. Uh, speak about your personal interaction with Molina Ihsan. How did you come to know him? And, you know, what are some of the lessons that you've learned uh, from your interaction over the years? Look, I have been very, very fortunate that over two decades I have known Molina Ihsan Hendricks. I was very, very fortunate that my leadership of the ANC and premiership of the Western Cape overlapped with his deputy presidency and then presidency of the Muslim Judicial Council. And I think that those were times when, as Premier of the Western Cape, I would spend almost once a week, a few hours in the office of the president of the Muslim Judicial Council, working not only through the challenges to the Ummah, but also to the challenges of the people of South Africa and indeed the Western Cape. So I think that we had a friend in Bolana Ihsan, where we were able, as two Muslim public leaders, to be able to give direction to not only the Ummah, but also our country. And I think that I cherish all of those moments. I remember him speaking at my farewell as I departed South Africa for the United States of America. I remember also coming back to him um, during those visits. Um, from the USA, I remember my last conversation with him at his house before he was hospitalized and his great interest in helping to develop the fifth of citizenship mm. to help the Ummah globally. I remember his passion for Palestine and I remember indeed um, two months ago when I sat in his khutbah in Gudud and he spoke almost as if he was giving copless uh, <laughs> to the, the masjid on the etiquette of du'a, the etiquette of eating, the etiquette of going to the toilet, and how a Muslim's life is regulated. Now, here was a man who could take 
on the most simplest matters and have enormous detail about it. And here was a man who could take the most complex intellectual concepts yeah. and put it over to all of us in a way. Here was a man who will probably necessarily be known as one of the most important spokespersons that the world has on Palestine, but it will be a mistake to characterize him as only an expert on Palestine because his theological depth, his depth in fiqh, his depth in aqidah, his depth in the political ethics of Islam, I think all of those must not be lost just because he was very, very passionate and committed to the issue of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I've always been fascinated by Molina's ability to uh, resonate with the audience that he speaks to. You know, he was a brilliant orator. Uh, what is your thoughts on that? I mean, wh- what did you take from his uh, oratorship and his ability to be able to engage with people on all walks of life? Like you mentioned, uh, you know, on an international platform with uh, ministers and royalty um, and intellectuals from different uh, parts of the globe, as well as to the ordinary person. Look, I must say that oratory for oratory's sake is maybe brilliant but not effective. Molina Ihsan was not an orator in the sense of oratory. He was an orator for a cause, mm-hmm. whichever the cause may be. His oratory was to make Palestine better understood in the world and to push back those who stood for unbridled Zionism and against the Palestinians. His oratory was to make people understand how Muslims are not in conflict with the rest of their society if they were to be a minority. His oratory was to make um, the most effective dua to go into the toilet understood by the youngest of children. I think that that is what all of these things are about. I think that there are many, many people, many Muslims across the world who are committed to Palestine but they are often emotionally committed to Palestine, and emotions can show solidarity, but it may not push back the forces of Zionism. Molana Ihsan was intellectually and passionately committed to the issue of Palestine, and his passionate commitment, his intellectual commitment, meant that he pushed back enemy forces, that he mobilized people in a direction that they could understand what to do with their anger. There are many people who don't know what to do with their anger when they are angry about a matter. Molina Ihsan's oratory explains what do you do with anger when you feel so deeply because anger must be underpinned by an intellectual appraisal. And that is why he had a depth of facts, he had a depth of analysis, he had a depth of um, statistics and history that underpins his commitments. And that is rare in many, many people. Lots of people have a heart full of stuff, but they don't know how to articulate it when it is needed in struggle. And that's what makes Molina Ihsan such an exceptional human being. Mm-hmm. And lastly, before we wrap up, um, you know, perhaps the word on Molina being, uh, you know, a vocal critic against extremism in the Muslim world. I mean, certainly if we look at the political climate that we're in now, you know, that is, um, you know, certainly a very uh, a, a hot debate at the moment. Um, what do you take away from uh, Molina's stance on extremism in the Muslim world? Molina Ihsan was, as I've said, passionate about Palestine, but never extreme about Palestine, because he knew that extremism itself was the enemy of Islam and humanity. Mm. And therefore, he was in debt. He knew, for example, in one of our last conversations, who was the teacher of Ibrahim al-Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS of Daesh. He knew how Baghdadi, the so-called Khalif of Daesh, was a renegade against his own Ustad. He knew all of those details. He could understand for you the works of Sheikh Yusuf al-Qardawi on extremism. He had a theological understanding, not only a political understanding about the dangers um, of extremism. I also want to end by saying why the African National Congress is so sad tonight together with so many other people about the passing of Molina Ihsan Hendricks. I want to say to you that Molina Ihsan was a product of Worcester. 
Mm. If you go, his parents, you will know that his mother was intimately related to the late Henry Ferris, who was a massive stalwart of liberation politics, the African National Congress. This was the salt of the earth, ANC liberationists who grew up in that Worcester area. And so when we speak about Molana Ihsan, we do not only speak about the icon of religion, we speak about the icon of struggle because that is his heritage. That is why the ANC today dips its banner and its flag for Molana Ihsan because he comes from the time when being in politics was not a sexy thing. Mm. It was an act of sacrifice. It was an act of punishment, if you were. And that is the stock that he comes from. And that's why I think it would be an enormous mistake if we thought only that Molina Ihsan's commitment went to Palestine. It was wherever there was injustice and oppression. And it started in his own country. It started in the town of Worcester. That was his assault. That was his stock. And that is where his commitment grew and why he was a global icon against injustice and oppression. On that note, we'll leave it there. Shukran so much to you, Ambassador Ibrahim Rasul, for some really fascinating insights into the personality of uh, Molana Ihsan Hendricks. And uh, we say shukran again for your time, and hopefully we can get you back on air uh, for more in-depth program. Jazakallah khair, and may Allah give him the channel, inshallah. Amen. I mean to that. Um, I believe we have Sheikh Ahmed Siddiq on the line. Uh, Sheikh Ahmed, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, uh, definitely joining us at a very sad time for the Cape community with the passing of Mona Ehsan Hendricks. Uh, also, uh, someone who's worked very closely with Mona Ehsan. What are your feelings at this time? No, I uh, actually refuse to come on air at this point in time because I'm very emotional. Um, but they asked me to just say a few words. And you're asking me now also, obviously, to say at this point in time, um, I want to say my association with Molana Ihsan stretches, and this is a close association, ever since we became friends, it's over 35 years. And from 35 years, ever since we became friends, we've walked the path and the road up to where he is now. You know, it is for me, the brotherhood, the friendship we had, and where Molina is coming, came from, and as we've walked the path through many, many struggles, many, many challenges, many, many things in life. But if I want to say tonight at least something about Molina, I've heard part of what Ibrahim Rasul has just said, but for us, and at least for me, Molina was a real inspiration for me. I'm older than him. He's younger than me, but he was stronger. He's a man that was a visionary person. A man with a lot of wisdom. And for me, with his religious knowledge, he had the flair for languages. He had the memory beyond, I think, any one of us in this particular time at the MGC and in the circles of whatever movement, none of us could beat a memory that Molina could have. Mm. And that was one of the distinct features Molina had, where he could travel throughout the world, he could use that memory with wisdom, and he became the type of a visionary and giving direction to all of us. And as a friend, we walked the path, like I've said, we cried together, we fought together, and we've gone many, many ways, many, many roads. I don't like to talk about people when they've passed on. But I want to say this because Molana Ihsan, he has lived his life, and I think each and every one of us Whatever we would want to say, he has proven as to what, who he was and what he was. He is this type of a visionary that could tell you any place in the world. Even us in the MJC, 
If you look not only at South Africa, you look internationally, you could speak about any country. And Molina would be able to relate to you, whether it's from a religious point of view, whether it's from a political point of view, whether it's from a social point of view. This is the type of a person because he was a passionate reader. And this is something many people didn't know. Molina, for me, is that one or he was that type of an intellectual which he developed within his own self and through his readings and through the wisdom that he had. You know, I don't know exactly where to touch on and where to say what to say because I intended to do this for tomorrow just to put my mind and my thoughts together but I'm just speaking off the cuff, you know. But I don't know exactly where to touch and where not to touch on. But I want to also say for this radio voice of the case, Molina was the founding, one of the founding members of the voice of the case. He was one of the people that came as a youngster in the time when the voice of the Cape was established. At the time when Sheikh Nazim Allah, when uh, Mohsin and others approached the MGC, and particularly Sheikh Nazim Muhammad and Maulana Ihsan was one of those first, very, very first trustees in establishing the voice of the Cape and setting the path in the direction the way voice of the Cape should go. And this is part of what I've said. He had wisdom, he had vision, he had knowledge. You can put him anywhere. You can put him in any place. And you will find that Molana has moved. He hasn't only moved people, but he has moved rocks. With his wisdom, with the manner he was, his character, I don't know furthermore what to say about him in the sense of I have nothing negative to say about. For me, it is just, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to just stop here and say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him the highest place in Jannah. Uh, Sheikh Ahmed, I want to say shukran so much for joining us. I can hear that uh, Sheikh is quite emotional and uh, definitely a great loss, not just as a leader of the, uh, of a leader at one time of the Muslim Judicial Council, a leader in this community, but also as a friend and, uh, and, and confidant and, and, and colleague. Uh, so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for, uh, for Sheikh as well as for all the other uh, members of the MJC who work so closely with him, the families and friends. May Allah make it easy for all, inshallah. Shukran so much for joining us and wassalamu alaikum. What's his name? As you heard, the Sheikh uh, Ahmed Sadiq uh, sharing his uh, sharing some words around, uh, you know, the passing of uh, Mona Ihsan and also, mm, you know, his sure. role, his role in establishing Voice of the Cape. So definitely, he he was a multi-dimensional person, and uh, um, I, uh, we as he as he mentioned there, uh, and as uh, uh, earlier on, um, uh, the, the 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 former premier uh, mentioned, uh, Ibrahim Rasul mentioned that we should not just re- uh, remember him for the Palestinian issue or any other issue. Because he was someone who was well versed on the issues of the community as such, yeah. and I think that you know that comes to comes to the fore even in one uh, Hashik uh, Ahmed has mentioned now with the establishment, uh, you know, voice of the Cape. So I think you know uh, the Cape community would do well, you know, to 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 I think uh, research and read up a little bit more. And there's actually a bio on the MJC's website if you want yeah. to go out and read it. It uh, will probably be on our social media in the next few minutes as well. I believe we have to take an ad break, and when we come back, we'll chat more to. You. A thought of our community to hear more on their take on Molina Hassan's contribution to Islam and to the Palestinian cause. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. 1.3 FM Studio, the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. It's 18 minutes past 11, and uh, we continue with our coverage and uh, bringing you some tributes uh, to Mona Hassan Hendricks. Uh, who uh, has passed away this evening. And of course, uh, his janazah will be taking place tomorrow at quarter past four. We'll bring you those details in due time, inshallah. Uh, of course, uh, we are trying to get uh, uh, Imam Fuad Samai on the line, and I think we do have him now. Imam, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. 
Imam, uh, first of all, shukran so much for joining us this evening. A very sad time uh, in the Cape community uh, with the passing of uh, Mona Ihsan Hendricks. And obviously, uh, Mona's story is very unique as Mona knew him from the Boerland and from uh, working with him uh, on the Boerland Islamic Council. So, first of all, what was uh, Mona's interactions like him uh, with him uh, like in the early days? Indeed, a very, very serious and a very um, sad loss for not only for us, but for so many around the country and around the world. Uh, I'm sure that you have covered that uh, particular aspect. I just want to, um, in the short time allocated to me, want to pay tribute to a person that I knew from his childhood, not from his adulthood, but from his childhood. Um, uh, very briefly, it's my son that uh, when he, after he completed his studies in Nadwa, he first went to Darulong, Newcastle, and from there he went to Nadwa to Olama in Lucknow in India. And upon his return, he was in Worcester for a while, assisting Sheikh Muhammad Latu. And uh, I then went to see um, the chairman of the Wellington Muslim Jama at the time was Buddhasiraj Ruda, and I told him about this young man who was returned from there, and uh, he Wellington was without an imam, and uh, Alhamdulillah we organized that he then got the job there as the imam of the Wellington Jama. It was at that particular time. Uh, I was the leader of the Islamic Council, and now for the first time we were going to work very closely with him, because all the Bulan towns belong to the Islamic Council, and now as Imam of Wellington, we started to work very, very closely, of course. And uh, it was during that time, you know, that uh, I started to sort of notice the potential leadership that um, Maulana had. There were two very outstanding uh, personalities, you know, young people at the time uh, in the World Islamic Council that I knew that were going to make, you know, quite an impact on the community. Maulana's son, of course, at the time was unknown. He was, you know, known just in Worcester and uh, in later in, in, in Wellington. So it was himself and Sheikh Rafik um, uh, they had this potential that I saw in them, the type of leadership that we would require. Nevertheless, Mona worked in the Berlin Islamic Council, and uh, this was his first experience as far as um, uh, working in the broader community. And Alhamdulillah, he was with us for, you know, until he eventually left Mopal to move to, uh, to uh, I mean, Wellington to move to Cape Town. But I want to draw your attention to something which I think that um, while Mona was with the Islamic Council, Mona, that always he was a very, very ambitious person. Mona had this particular foresight, and uh, you know, he, as, a, as a young man, he was he, he was young at the time, that was even before he got married. And uh, we'll always discuss certain issues, and one was very uh, sort of had this foresight look at issues. I remember that uh, the two of us, we were in Jordan, that was before he became president, just prior, just short, just a few months before Mona um, became the president of the NBC for the first time. So we were uh, sitting in the, in the hotel, two of us there in uh, Jordan, and planning that what type of leadership he would bring to the MJC. And one thing in particular that stood out was that he spoke of the need to intensify the MJC's sort of activities around current affairs and international affairs. And he was set on that particular road and I think that he has undoubtedly that he has achieved a lot in that regard. Alhamdulillah, he became president. 
So my son, uh, he was of course a very intelligent person, um, avid reader, researcher, and uh, Alhamdulillah, we had wonderful times together. So on, and of course, we all knew about his humor. I was very close to the family, and it was never always. You know, it, they, it was their house was a fun house at times. The father was a very, the father was a very strict man. He was very very strict uh, with his children, with with my son and his brothers and his sister Fozzy. Um he was very strict with him, but. Uh, amongst friends, of course, that uh, he was a very, very humorous person as well. He was sad, 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 um, uh, I think by many, many, many. I don't know if you have any time, at the time I'm available for us to discuss. Uh, Imam Fahad, shukran so much uh, for joining us this evening and uh, all the best, inshallah. We look forward perhaps to chatting to Imam uh, tomorrow, later in the day, inshallah. Inshallah. Jazakallah. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So yes, uh, Tasneem, obviously uh, the presence of the loss of uh, Ima, of Malik uh, Sanin just felt even in the Borland. And uh, you know, just uh, what comes up, a recurring theme is that uh, in his lifetime, uh, even as early as a young man, this potential was seen. And uh, p- there was there was this desire to, you know, want to make a difference and want to, uh, you know, um, be of value and of service. Yeah. Um, we have to take an ad break and when we come back we're going to try to get uh, some more voices on the line uh, to pay special tribute to uh, Molina Ihsan Hendricks on this very, very, very sad evening. Love is behind all the greatest stories of our lives. And the greatest love of all is Allah's. The first ten days of Dhul Hijjah are the days most loved by Allah. So give Qurbani in 30 countries worldwide. Give Kobani. Give love with Islamic relief. With food prices on the up, Mother of Plain Food Emporium keeps them down. Get fresh A-grade whole or half lamb at 89.99 per kilo. Fresh A-grade tenderized steak at 79.99 per kilo. 4 kilo supreme chicken portions at 99.99. And 10 kilo box chicken leg and thighs for 245 rand. A-grade, top quality at affordable prices. Mother of Plain in Town Center Mitchell's Plain. Call 021-391-3096. Secure parking is available. Only at Mother of Plain. As the wintry chill sets in, Darul Isan Humanitarian Center invites you to help those out in the cold to keep warm this winter. Generously contribute to our sponsor a blanket project by donating a quality blanket for just 70 Rand. Banking details as follows FNB account Darul Isan. Account number 625-149-37591. Reference is blankets. Visit www.darulisan.com. Darul Isan Humanitarian Center. My radio station. Your radio station. Our radio station. 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM Stereo. 27 minutes after 11 o'clock. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome back to this uh, very special tribute program in honor of the late Molina Ihsan Hendricks, a stalwart of uh, the Muslim Judicial Council and the broader Muslim community in South Africa. And of course, uh, one of the probably the most prominent uh, pro Palestinian activists in South Africa. Uh, details of his janazah. Uh, it will take place at quarter past four tomorrow from his home at 11 Oasis Road in Hazendal, proceeding to the in Athens Masjid uh, and then he'll be laid to rest at the Johnson Road Makbara inshallah uh, joining us on the line now and certainly uh, a concurrent theme running throughout this tribute uh, show is uh, Molina's uh, activism on the Palestinian issue and uh, who else better to speak about this than prominent Palestinian activist Dr. Anwar Nagya uh, the founder and director of the Palestine Museum uh, Dr. Nagya Assalamu alaikum and shukran so much for joining us Walaikum salam to you, Tasneem, and to Brother Fasih, to listeners of VOC. And first of all, we'd like to say that the family must draw strength by all the well wishes, not only in South Africa, but across the globe. I've taken dozens of calls this evening from Jordan, Lebanon, America, 
Mm. In fact, last week we had the opportunity to visit Mavana, and he was in, in really, really good condition. I took Professor Kasihon, uh, which is the African World Series public professor that had published all books on the African continent. Mm. Asked for much for him to give him Janet with his dose and mm-hmm. in the hearts of families and friends across the world, who is not only mourning the life of this great luminary, but also celebrating his life in terms. And we all know not only the issues of Palestine was uppermost in Molana's mind, but also the oppressed and exploited <coughs> across the globe mass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the John Steinbeck, um, great poet, writer, artist, says certain people are what, what we call um, rugged intellectuals. And this is probably the best adjective I can think of for Molina. He was a rugged intellectual. I was marveled, actually, when he was debating and in very placid discussion with uh, Professor Kasihun, uh, Ethiopian-born and obviously a world-renowned publisher and emeritus professor, about some of the leaders on the African continent and Molina, particularly in, in Tanzania. People <coughs> know this stayed with, with, with some of the top intellectuals. But not only that, Molina also mastered Urdu, he mastered um, the Arabic language and could understand for the first time that we, we don't discover the Urdu language. We can then rediscover poetry, science, and literature that is not translated into English or Arabic vernaculars that are not translated into English. And we all robbed of that generation and that ethos of contribution to world and to science and technology, which Molina actually had. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that people, to some extent, could say, okay, let's pigeonhole him into Palestine, and let's pigeonhole him into, into, into the religious discourse, mm-hmm. in fact, it will be, it will be doing him a, an absolute disservice yes, yeah. if you sit and intellectualize him. I had very rare opportunities with him, not only the past week that we were there, but before I left uh, for 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 my trip overseas, and also the conferences that I attend, there's not a person on the global stage that either did not fondly remember, fondly remember, sorry, I'm just recovering from uh, um, bronchitis. Yeah, I can hear you don't sound and, too um, Yeah, I'm still in bed. <laughs> but anyway, <coughs> it, 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 is a, it is a loss to the Palestine Museum, because one of the first people I approached in early 2009 with the thought and the idea of that packaging and uh, the response uh, to the resistance of Palestine, not only by just going to public meetings and going to, to meetings and going home, let's institutionalize our approach and let's let institutionalize our defense. And he gave me the nod. Even the difficulty I had in putting in the issues around Christianity and Judaism, he said, you do that, Anwar. You put, you put contribution of the churches and you contribution of the synagogues, mm. as well as the mosque and others. So we had a very broad, encompassing sense of where the global discourse is and the unity amongst all of mankind. And he said, I know there's no compulsion in religion, but at the same time, we are Muslim, and we are not going to make excuses who we are. And we accept that. And therefore, he became the first patron of the Palestine Museum. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we mourn, but we celebrate um, his, his immense contribution. He's given me a lots of lots of thoughts, and hopefully, when we launch this year, in, in, in launch in honor of his name, you will also see some of the exhibition and the materials and the curatorial stuff on Palestine. Mm-hmm. He was not only fixated on the issues of Al Quds and Beitul Maqdis. He understood that more than 900 years ago, with the liberation of Al Aqsa by Salahuddin Ayyubi. He understood that the world now had a direction. <laughs> mankind, civilization was brought to mankind 1,400 years ago with the, with, with, the, with the advent of Islam. We're not saying that everything else was, 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 was not civilized before that. But he had, this, he had this amazing ability to package and to understand the liberation of our Quds for all of mankind, mm. for all of the Abrahamic faith. And in, in his own rugged intellectual way, you know, it manifests in his reading, in his writing, and in his work. Mm. And he leaves behind quite a vacuum, a vacuum not only in South Africa, but a vacuum on the international stage. Because without fear of contradiction, he would travel abroad at the risk of being arrested, he would travel abroad and say things not in a cage, in a cautious way, but he was pragmatic in his approach, 
And I agree with, uh, with Ibrahim Rishul. He understood, he understood the politicking and the politics of the middle road or the middle way, but he had to say things in a way that will allow communities to be able to hear and not that it be, just becomes a martyr. Mm. But today, too, today, too, as the massacre of 262 people um, for the Great Return March and the other four or six martyrs that was just martyred today, he goes and, and shares a place amongst those martyrs, amongst the martyrs that have actually um, uh, died the last, <coughs> the last month. So all of Palestine... All of the camps, both uh, not only in Gaza, which is the biggest open-air camp, we got thousands and thousands of people that sat know them. I just got an SMS from somebody who was a lady who we visited in a little refugee hut in, uh, in, in, in one of the camps in Gaza, and she, just, she and her family just tweeted. They, they felt honor-bound by him being there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the people that stood next to him, I mean, I want to commend Brother, Brother, Brother Eunice. Mm. And Sister Kurshid. Yeah. I mean, these are people. You know, I was at the hospital with Brother Eunice, and the first thing he would do, prepare the soup, rub Molana's feet, check his pulse. Check. I mean, this is, this is people that have actually respected a giant and rugged intellectual in our midst. Yeah. It's very sad sometimes that we must wait for people to die, and posthumously, we must speak of their contributions. And not that he. Would never, you could never ever praise him because he, he doesn't like praise. Mm. You know, you just want to get things done. And and the one thing that defines a defining moment for me and him was that if you have a public meeting, he says, Anwar, if the, if we say we if we say we start at eight o'clock, and there's five people who start, and I saw that at a public meeting recently, which he attended to, he started the meeting, then see the others come because he respected. We respected the dignity of those people. It's very punctual at most things. Yeah. One of the other defining things is if Bernard doesn't make it to a meeting, or he would phone ahead. Or he would say, listen, I won't make it start or do these things. These are all small attributes, but these are defining things that character builds all of us. If I'm to take away a lot from the man, is to look at the <coughs> Is understanding of things not in a narrow and parochial way, that you always measure, you always measure the response to history in a way that can respond, can respond generically to every city. Palestine Museum, the museum were missing as Palestine, missing as an orator and also as a vivid leader of vernacular languages and particularly mastery of the Arabic language, both the poetic side of it and of course the Urdu language, that he managed to interpret the readings and writings which we, we unpublished by, by not looking and searching for alternatives to the Western media, to the Pax American, to, to what we call Eurocentrism. He defied all of that. And he studied in the most humble abode in India, and then he went to Pakistan. Mm. He, even, he was, he, he were in, he, he was in, um, in, uh, I forget the country now, the, besides Yemen, where he started <laughs> under great, you know, but he, all, he also called out an independent position, mm. not only a follower of, of the great writings of, 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 of the other great uh, classical, but he had a position which he in fact articulated in the last thing that he was probably the most humble, rugged intellectual that I've met. And I will miss him dearly. The museum will miss him dearly. And many, many people will miss him dearly. We can't take ownership of him, but we can take ownership of his thoughts, and we can try and finish that he had. Sheikh Raid Salah and others, you know, are indebted <coughs> to, the, to, the, to the uncompromised contribution that he's done. So um, to the listeners out there, we ask that all of you, have a moment and a quiet prayer uh, for Molana Isan Hendricks and for all the martyrs mm. that share this day with him, this, this Yom Jumaa day, and the day with the martyrs and his high up there in Melbourne Spahan to give him that high station that Amen. he deserves. And uh, together with ourselves, we are now more and more determined to, in fact, 
the Union Europäischen. Not only in South Africa, in Africa, across the world, and more particularly the freedom of the people of Palestine. Wa alaikum salam. Certainly very poignant and, and, and strong words coming there from Dr. Anwar Nagia, the founder of the uh, Palestinian Museum. Uh, Dr. Nagia, uh, may Allah grant you shifa. You, you don't sound very well, but uh, we make dua that Allah uh, grant you complete uh, shifa, inshallah. And shukran for coming on the show, nevertheless. Thank you. I like that phrase from Dr. Adwanagia, rugged intellectual. Well, I think, I think we, can, we, can coin, we can coin that term, yeah. definitely. Um, but also, you know, a really moving tribute. And, and again, mm. uh, you know, coming through is the sense that uh, here's someone who was well-versed in the classical scriptures, but also someone who, um, you know, had evolved in, and, 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 and someone who, who, who took on, you know, a contemporary uh, way of thinking uh, and, 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 and again uh, you know a loss to the Palestinian community uh, in terms of you know bringing that message across I think that uh, uh, again I say mainstream mainstream media does not bring us you know the the, 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 the kind of information that we saw coming through with Monax and whenever he came on he, and he, mm. he spoke with in depth uh, anyway he went in depth on on issues and matters relating to the Palestinian community I think that uh, you know at the end of the day uh, it's left to this community to take up that work and uh, mm. you know, alluded but, to that. but also like Dr. Nagas says you know important not to box him as just yes. that Palestinian activist because he was so knowledgeable and active on a wide yes. range of social justice topics and I mean you were telling me earlier that we've got tributes coming in from far and wide Dr. Nagy was saying Jordan, yes. the US and I believe some of our local yes. ulama who are uh, in Makkah at, at the moment. Uh, yeah. We have a tribute uh, that we'd like to play for you in, uh, in a moment uh, after the break in actual fact um, by Sheikh Riyad Walls who finds himself in Makkah at this point in time and then also uh, there are some other ulama uh, we'll, we try and bring you a message from uh, Imam Yusuf Pandi uh, the Imam of the Mowbray Masjid and then also my name is Shahid Siddiq, uh, who also is a very well-known voice and vo- uh, voice of the Cape. But we'll try and get to those messages after this break. Inshallah, stay with us. 11.44, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran so much uh, for staying with us uh, on this uh, all-important program. Of course, we're paying tribute to the late Molina Ihsan Hendricks, who passed away uh, after 9 p.m. this evening. Of course, an icon of the Palestinian resistance movement in South Africa. Um, and uh, we're looking at different aspects of Molina's personality and his career as a scholar and an activist and an academic. And uh, we join online now by uh, Professor Farid Esak, of course, a prominent Palestinian activist and uh, uh, of the uh, trust of the uh, BDS or the Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions campaign in South Africa. Professor Farid, assalamu alaikum. Shukran so much for waiting for the interview. Uh, it's an honor to be paying tribute to Molina Ihsan. Uh, Professor, of course, your relationship with Molina Ihsan uh, spans, uh, you know, uh, uh, many years going, dating back to your act, uh, activism days during the anti-apartheid uh, struggle. But um, certainly Molina, you know, is considered a beacon for uh, freedom-loving people and human rights activists, not only in South Africa, but globally. Talk about uh, his impact uh, on the Palestinian resistance movement in South Africa. Just before that, I think it's very important for us to acknowledge that despite the fact that Molana was a larger-than-life figure, that Molana was all of these different things to all of us inside the community, and uh, but at the end of the day, there is a family, there is a wife, there are children who are tonight without a father. Yeah. And, and so in the community memorializing of Molina Ihsan, I think it's, uh, you know, from, from our side, we just want to say that we acknowledge the very personal pain. Uh, of course, we are celebrating the life of Molina Ihsan Hendricks. But at the end of the day, Mora uh, and after the janaza, and tomorrow night after the janaza, uh, when people have dispersed and families have left in the community and all the important people that were at the funeral and all of them are gone, there is going to be a wife, there's going to be children, there's going to be grandchildren without a grandfather. And that loss 
is something that only that family can endure, and, and others, of course, have we endured those kinds of things. Oh. So we just want to pay kind of respect and homage and a moment to the family. Absolutely. To come back to your question, Molina yeah. um, Hassan, and then all of us recognize him as a local figure. But Molina Hassan internationally played a huge role in Palestine solidarity. Um, and in large part, it was, I mean, his deep commitment, but many of us locals also have that uh, commitment. Uh, Molina Hassan's commitment was very, very much assisted by his oratory, by his speaking skills, by his passion, and above all, by his linguistic skills. Mm. He was simply masterful in the Arabic language. Yeah. And, and so carrying the passion that he did and the commitment that he did to the Arab world, to the Turkish world, um, to wherever he traveled, and he traveled quite extensively despite his uh, ill health, um, his association on the uh, International Islamic Scholars Council, headed by Sheikh Yusuf al-Qardawi, um, and he was a regular on the conference uh, circuit. And in all of this, he had foregrounded the Palestinian struggle. Well, alhamdulillah, in many ways, the Palestinian struggle is central to the, to the imagination, to the consciousness of Muslims in South Africa. But this is not the case throughout the world. Increasingly, in the Arab world, we see that people are wanting to really forget about the Palestinians. So Molina was one of those larger-than-life figures and a major South African contributor to the international awareness of Palestinians. And it was, I mean, inside Palestine, especially um, amongst, uh, not only, or particularly amongst Hamas, but not only amongst Hamas supporters throughout the Palestinian Palestine. Molinari Ehsan Hendricks was quite well known. He's a heroic figure. Um, but again, you know, the one thing that was really, really important to single out, that BDS wishes to single out about Molinari Ehsan Hendricks' contribution, was that the fine balance between Muslim passion for the liberation of Al-Quds mm. as, as a symbol of Islam. And uh, so to that extent, it's also a Muslim struggle. But the fine balance between that on the one hand and on the other, that it is also a simple human rights struggle for all Palestinians. Yeah. Christians, Muslims, people of belief and no belief. And Molana managed to straddle this. Um, you know, some people reduce it to entirely an Islamic struggle, yeah. which is just about Al-Quds. And other people say, no, leave religion out of it completely. Mm. Molana straddled this divide between the two. Be inspired by your religion. Be inspired by your love for Al-Quds. And we need to see Al-Quds return to the universality of Islam on the one hand. But on the other hand, don't forget that it is about the real people who have been displaced, who are being murdered every day, or they are dying slowly uh, under occupation. So Molana had this amazing ability to combine these two very different elements of the Palestinian struggle, and for that he will be very, very sorely missed by all the lovers of freedom uh, in general, but more particularly those of us who are desperate to end um, this longest war against um, uh, an indigenous people, the Palestinians, uh, of the 20th uh, century. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Farida, as you mentioned, of course, um, you know, not just isolating his legacy to just the Palestinian uh, struggle, of course, Molina Hassan was a giant of Islamic scholarship in South Africa as well. And, you know, as one of the leading vo- uh, members of the ulama in South Africa, how do you think he navigated some of the challenges facing the Muslim community, having led uh, the MJC um, during his tenure there for, for a decade? Yes, you know, Molina was a shrewd operator, <laughs> and I'm saying this with much affection. He was yeah. a shrewd operator. Molina knew how to navigate the, the 
there's, I mean, uh, in South Africa, there are generally two strands among the ulama. The one is the Indo-Pak strand, mm. uh, the Maulana, so to say. Yeah. And then there are the Imams and the Shuyuh, who come from a more Ketonian, uh, or what we used to say, Cape Malay kind of background. Yeah. Now, Maulana himself, you know, so there was that divide that is threaded. Mm. But there was another divide. That was the urban-rural divide. The Owens that come at Mahamasbury and Worcester and so on. Yes. And people, uh, until this current generation with people like Maulana Abdul Khalik Ali and uh, Maulana Ihsan Hendricks, uh, the, there was a certain kind of city arrogance over the rural areas. Mm. Um, a city presumption, you know. Uh, before this, I mean, all the Khaliri men, whether it was Imam Harun or Sheikh Nazim or Sheikh, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Ahmad, Sheikh Ahmad Bihadin or Sheikh Ihsan Bihadin, all of these, Sheikh Ihsan Khamiruddin, all of these people were urban people in a good sphere of Molana Ihsan was the first one and then followed by Molana Abdul Khalik Ali, who from the rural areas came and, uh, in, and then, you know, made it big uh, in the city. So there was that kind of divide. Mm. But there was the most significant divide was the divide between the ulama who saw Islam in a purely traditional way and couldn't quite navigate um, the Islam of the books, the Islam of the Diyar uh, al-Ulum or the al-Azhars and so on, couldn't quite navigate the Islam of the books with living contemporaneously. How do you live in the world today? How do you figure out new masail uh, and then um, and then, of course, so in some ways, you know, you had a whole crowd of people who were later described as, say, the modernists. Mm. And this now includes people like Farid Esad, people like Ibrahim Musa, people like Rashid Omar, Yelopom van Lot, you know? Yeah. Um, so, in between these two crowds, Molana, without for a moment losing his booster roots, Mm. Not for a moment losing his Sunni Akida basis, not for a moment losing his commitment to the tradition, as he was thought as an alim uh, in Lucknow in India, although in Lucknow, uh, the, the Dar Ulum that he studied at, um, already uh, Maulana Abu Hassan Ali Nadvi, and this is why uh, sometimes you, you see the appellation uh, an Nadvi behind Molina Ihsan Hendricks' name. Yeah. Because he was a, he was a product of uh, Dar Ulum, of Nadwatul Ulama um, in, uh, in Latin, in India. And, and, and Nadwatul Ulama focused, had two ways of standing out from all the other Dar Ulums in India and Pakistan. The one was um, its excellence in Arabic. And the other one was its commitment to understand the tradition also in the contemporary world. Mm. So, Mawlana Ihsan was a true Nadri. He had this eloquence in Arabic, and he had this understanding or this willingness to grapple with contemporary issues. So, in this way, Mawlana was a fascinating combination between being a very, very ordinary, rural alim, and an unaccounted a cosmopolitan, mm. a man of the world. And that's why I could speak so articulately, say when you speak at a gathering in Kirk, for example, you know, or at an interreligious gathering, it was very articulate. Yeah. Nobody for a moment felt uncomfortable with him. Yes. And that in addition to, uh, to bridging the gap between these, um, the, the people who come from an Indian cultural background and others who, come, who came from a more Malay culture. So in many ways, you know, Molena's lasting legacy is as a reconciler, as the bridger of gaps. Mm. As a scholar, the institute um, that, I mean, I, I really uh, don't know which, what will happen to it now, uh, the Nadwa Academy that he started in South Africa in the last two days, it invited other scholars from, I mean, to come and conduct seminars with ulama on how to understand the new Sharai issues, or how to understand old Sharai issues, uh, and the new challenges being faced by them. Only earlier in this year, mm. he hosted Professor Mahan Mirza um, from uh, the University of Notre Dame, 
in uh, South Bend, uh, Indiana, in the United States, as well as Professor Ibrahim Musa, one of the great scholars also of our age. Mm. He hosted them to come and conduct a uh, seminar with other ulama um, <coughs> on the contemporary issues facing the world. So he straddled many, many different mm. divides. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's... It's a dark night, you know. All of us know, and we say, you know, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Life is temporal, but it's a it's a dark night for yeah. us. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. The sun, the the, the sun has gone down mm-hmm. uh, for many, many of us, and we don't know what will replace mm-hmm. it. Professor Farid, shukran so much for sharing those very fascinating insights on uh, Malina Ihsan Hendricks, that the voice there of Professor Farid Esak, uh, the chairperson of the, uh, the board of uh, the BDS movement in South Africa. Uh, Professor, we really need to invite you back on air for a longer length discussion on Malina's life, but uh, for now, shukran so much. Assalamu alaikum. Well, uh, we've got about two minutes to wrap up uh, for Sikh. Um, do you want to perhaps just share one or two voice notes quickly? Can we do that? I, I think, unfortunately, our time has run out. Okay. Uh, um, we do have to you know, cut into the next segment, the next program. Uh, but uh, once again, I think uh, we'll be covering uh, this. Uh, we'll be covering you know, the life of uh, the late uh, Monarch San Hendricks throughout uh, the day tomorrow, inshallah. And also, we'll be covering the Janaza starting at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, inshallah. I mean, so do stay tuned. But of course, once again, Cape Town reeling at the loss of uh, Monarch San Hendricks and all the grant him genital food dose, inshallah. I mean, I think it's about time for us to wrap up. So, yeah, from myself, Muhammad Fasih Pirisinta, I'll speak to you again. Abri wa salam wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.